Welcome to the Tweets and Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Asbury. Political hot topics are intertwined in every aspect of our lives, from your streaming channels to your favorite sports teams and even in your pulpits. If you are looking for a cultural commentary on those infamous 280 characters brought to you by the Little Blue Bird, pour yourself a drink because this is the podcast for you. The way our show works is that we will take 10 tweets and break them down and share our thoughts and opinions. Hey y'all, our guest today on Tweets and Tonic is Aaron The Edge Moon. If you're familiar with the podcast with Knox and Jamie or the Bible Binge, you've surely heard the name Aaron Moon. Aaron writes and edits Bible studies and devotionals. She runs operations for the podcast media group. She is the resident Bible scholar on the Bible Binge podcast. She's a story coach and director for Arc Stories. And she oddly does a lot of voiceover work. Um, She and her husband live in Alabama with their kids. And we are so excited to have Erin on the show today. Buckle up. It's a great one. All right, Erin, thanks for joining us on the Tweets and Tonic podcast. Excited to be here. Thank you. All right, we're going to kick it off and talk about America's Obsession, and that is Cheer on Netflix. Oh, my goodness. I'm what? telling you, if the listeners have not heard about Cheer, I I don't know really where you've been, but um, Beanie Feldstein, who is also a national treasure, um, yeah. <laughs> tweeted, the reason we all love Cheer on Netflix is because it is unscripted Friday Night Lights. It is filling the clear eyes, full hearts, and can't lose shaped hole in my heart, which... Amen, Beanie. I feel like, yeah, I mean, could she be more perfect? But um, it's obvious by the fanfare that we probably needed cheer more than cheer needed us. But um, why do you think that is? I think because we are all so... Like, everything is so insane right now. It feels <laughs> like we are especially... like. The world at large, we've got fires happening in Australia. We have the impeachment stuff happening here. You know, there's all sorts of stuff happening. And it's almost all awful. <laughs> and, I, and I think when we see, like, it's it's the same thing that happened when we all united for a brief moment in time around Brad and Jen at the SAG Awards. It was, it was like this moment of... Oh, maybe everything on this planet isn't an absolute uh, dumpster fire. And so I think seeing people who care so deeply and are so good at their job is so deeply affecting. I want Monica to come be my own personal <laughs> life coach. Yes. I would like for her to send me uh, encouraging voicemails every morning. That would oh, be nah. ideal. She could start a whole a whole like lifestyle brand now, <laughs> just like based on this show, based on her starring role on the show. Oh my well, gosh, I love it so much. And I mean, to bring in your resident Bible scholar knowledge, I mean, it is really a testament to mercy as well. I mean, she was so merciful to let Lexi back in the fold. Gosh, I'm so worried about Lexi. I want to hold her hand. I want to give Jerry a hug. I want to give Ladarius a hug. <laughs> I I'm really invested in her niece that was at the stockyard, yes. uh, the 4-H show. Like I'm just very deeply involved <laughs> and care way too much about them. Well, and that was another question. Will you be voting for Jerry for president when he is of age? Jerry 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. What I mean, a, 
what a pure <laughs> I like a beacon of hope for all of us. I don't care what his platform is. <laughs> um, I I just I want to have like a here's my here's my ideal. Me and Beth Moore and Jerry and uh, Zach Efron, we're gonna do a Bible study together. Oh, okay. And anyone is welcome to join, and we're just gonna sit there and watch the three of them interact. That's oh. that is a deep soul need for me. That that may be almost too much to handle. Yeah, that, I agree. I agree. I that may put a rip in the space time continuum. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not sure we pull through. But what a way to go out. I what mean. what a way to start the apocalypse off. Truly. <laughs> there you go. I, I I missed that in Revelations, but I feel like it's needed. So we're good. You know, it's just it depends on your interpretation of a lot of things. So <laughs> it could go either way. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Matthew Pierce and Beth Moore. Um, their interactions on Twitter are, they're giving me life, first of all. Today, his uh, his stuff about blaming Beth for the Houston Astros scandal, pure art. Gold. Pure journalistic art. art. I love it. So he tweeted, uh, imagine Russell Moore and Beth Moore driving across backcountry dirt roads hooting and hollering as Jerry Falwell Jr. stomps around in a sheriff's hat saying, wooey, I'm going to get them Moors. Beautiful. I, this is in contention for my favorite tweet of all time. I think oh. it is. Yeah. Oh, it's in, it's in the, it's for sure in the top, probably 10. Okay. I think it's one of the funniest tweets I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it is. When I first read it, I was like, this is, this is too good. Um, yeah. So obviously, though, you know, it's really kind of discouraging, too, which thank God we have somebody that makes it lighthearted. But, you know, <laughs> we, we break the glass ceiling. We have our first African-American president. And then we end up in an episode of The Odd Couple with Jerry Falwell Jr. and Donald Trump. How did we get here? And what do we do? How do we survive? Oh, I don't know. Um, there is uh, alcohol is needed, I believe, okay. for survival purposes. Um. You know, I think I talked about this um, with some friends of mine the other day, and I think I think this started as a um, I think this started as a innocent desire to see an innocent and not uh, not bad desire to see um, things in the Christian agenda being placed on a government forefront. But as we know, anytime that Christianity, which is itself antithetical to empire and um, power, uh, gets in bed with those things, we have a conflicting, a conflicting agenda. And so it is troubling to see so many of the people that maybe were, maybe we didn't really respect in the first place, but maybe some <laughs> people did to really, uh, really just go hard um, with the president in some of his uh, incredibly misguided policies and his difficult uh, to understand partnership with evangelical culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it is Tiffany Doran, Olson, who is a internet friend of mine, she tweeted a few years ago, this tweet that I have really not stopped thinking about and has been 
just really the framework for how I've dealt with this. She said it is so difficult, something to the effect of it's so difficult to get to reconcile the idea of the people who taught us Sunday school, um, you know, and the golden rule and all of these very basic things about Christianity to see some of them reject those teachings for the idea of being the party in power or the uh, religion in power. And um, I think Christianity and power are, they're, 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 they're not off, they don't often wed well. And I think uh, that is how we got here, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Something else that's been very sad for me um, that has to do with power as well um, is the split of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and the royal family. Yeah. Um, Now, TMZ, um, a very trustworthy news source, um, (laughs) has uh, delivered uh, the other queen, the American queen's opinion of this, Oprah. Um, mm-hmm. and Duchess Gil King, um, they say they fully support Megan and Prince Harry. Um, so first let's just get it out of the way. Are you team Megan and Harry or team Royal family? I am. I side with Elizabeth Holmes in this and I'm team both. Okay. Um, I, Elizabeth Holmes is one of my very favorite, uh, Royal I wouldn't call her a Royal reporter. She's a Royal commentator and she really mainly talks about what they wear. Um, but she does so in such a great way. She's a great follow on Instagram E Holmes. And, uh, but she always talks about how she's team both. Like she, she doesn't pit Kate and Megan against each other. Um, she doesn't pit now Megan and the Royal family against each other. Um, but she just kind of offers a perspective that I really enjoy. I, that, well, so that's the answer to your question. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that was no, it. Good. Okay. Um, well, I actually, I've never related more to Megan than today when I actually read that she prefers sweats to her royal wardrobe. So I feel I'm like sure that's, that's true. Yeah, that feels good, but doesn't seem right really in watching her. But um, okay, now I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory. Um, I'm ready. Is there any chance you think that this might have been a cover up to take attention away from Prince Andrew and his Jeffrey Epstein's connection? You know, I don't think that, I think it was a convenient, uh, it was convenient timing for Prince Andrew, wasn't it? (laughs) Wow. Congrats to Prince Andrew. Um, That is, yeah, I um, actually, no, no congrats to Prince Andrew. I would like to retract my congratulations (laughs) to him. Um, He seems like a garbage person. Um, But uh, I don't, I don't think it was a cover up, but I do, because strangely, um, like after this was announced, Prince Andrew showed up at church with the queen, like the heard, next yeah. day. I heard he and I thought, her and I thought, hmm, that feels weird. Yeah. If this was a cover up, it was, I just think they're smarter than that to say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to, we're going to do this, cover it up, but then we're going to remind you about his existence. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, really interesting choices from the royal family. I think that they are scrambling. I think that they are, I think that there's probably a lot of hurt feelings. I think Kate is like, wait, we can just leave? We can do that? I didn't know we could do that. You know, I think Prince Harry has been very vocal about how he feels about the press, how he doesn't want, like he wants to get out of royal life. He's wanted that for a really long time. I think the death of his mother was obviously really traumatic for him. And he believes that 
the paparazzi played a role in her death and that would make anyone sour on that aspect of the job. And so, you know, I think blaming Meghan Markle for him leaving is a little over the top, but I do think that she was like, Hey, this is not fun at all. (laughs) Um, and, uh, if you want out, I'm with you. So I do, I do, I am nervous for them because I feel like now they've opened themselves up to a different kind of scrutiny um, a more like ruthless paparazzi based mm-hmm. life in Vancouver. But, you know, I, I assume they thought about that before they did this. So my hope is that they're very happy. I want them to be happy and I want them to, you know, be healthy. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I hope that this shows some growth for the Royal family. You know, there were the, uh, uh, allegations that maybe they had a little something to do with princess Diana's situation. And so, Maybe this is a little growth. Just banish them to Canada and we're good. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Karen Howell, who is also a national treasure on it, on Twitter. I don't know. So I, great. She came out of nowhere for me and I love every bit of it. Um, she is cousins with a girl. The only way I found out about her is that she's cousins with a girl I used to work with. And she's one of, the, yeah, randomly. And she is one of the funniest tweeters I know. Oh, my gosh. Well, she had breaking news that Queen Elizabeth has asked Brad and Jen to serve as senior members of the royal family. Um, you mentioned it earlier, too. Why do we all still lose our minds over Brad and Jen? Why? Oh, they're so pretty. They're <laughs> so pretty. And I think we were all... <laughs> When I was thinking about it, this, you know, they broke up when I was, uh, I guess either a senior in high school or my freshman year of college. And it was, it was, I was, I was genuinely sad about it. They were on the cover of people and they looked so pretty and they looked so in love. And then, uh, I, I just think that it was that we wanted it to work. They were just so pretty and we wanted the pretty people to be together. It seemed very happy. And, um, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people come back and be like, you know, he cheated. Yeah, we know, like, we know that he cheated on her. We know that wasn't great. And maybe she, and maybe I I do think it was at least partially staged because I mean, look what it did. My gosh, they're not idiots. They know, they know that they they know cameras are on them. They they know that. So anyway, I'm interested um, to see what happens at the Oscars. Do you think he's writing her her coattails from the morning show? I mean, no, because he's. I mean, he's <laughs> well respected in his own right as an actor. So I don't know. I feel like maybe they're just having a bit of fun. Listen, let them. Great. Yep. I'm happy for you guys. But they're old enough, so they might as well. Yeah. Um, All right, let's keep it in the entertainment world. Uh, Film Updates tweeted, uh, there was the article where Robert Pattinson revealed that Little Women was the latest film he had seen and that he thought it was great. So, I know... Robert Pattinson is not wrong. (laughs) I know from your newsletter how you feel about Little Women. So, 1994 or 2019? Uh, It's 2019 for me. Really? Listen, I came to Little Women as an adult. I was an I I don't believe I ever watched the movie until maybe oh. four, four years ago. Um, yeah, it just was never a part of. I listen. There are so many classics that I've missed. I never read Anne of Green Gables. I I know. I know. Don't what is happening? <laughs> I know. I just never did. It was never. I really loved like weird 
tawdry, uh, like pulpy novels. Like I read uh, like the true confessions of Charlotte Doyle as a child. I read that all the babysitters club, like I just did not get into the classics and I still to this day have not read Anne of Green Gables. I'm so sorry. Everyone who loves it. Please don't be sad. I know. Um, but I, um, my, one of my dear friends, Megan Beam, she, is a lifetime lover of the March sisters and introduced it to me and was, you know, Donald Miller says that thing in um, one of his books where he says, sometimes you have to watch someone else love something before you can understand how to do it. Yep. And that was exactly my experience with, with little women. Megan loved it, loves it so much. And I just, it endeared itself to me. And then I read the book and I was like, Oh, I do. I love this. I get why people want to be Joe and Amy yeah. is the worst. And then so I became like a like an adult acolyte for for uh, little women. And so um but I adore Greta Gerwig. Yeah. I think she is one of the best directors that we have today. I cannot believe she got shut out um at the Oscars like she did and I I think it's almost a perfect movie. I and Oh yeah. I I really do. It is I believe it is almost a perfect movie. Well, the only thing that makes me a little bit skeptical of your opinion there is actually our next tweet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just going to go there. But um, so Justin Gorini, um, your love of from Justin to Kelly has been well documented on the podcast. Yes, obviously. And has been blowing the minds of us B-Fots for quite some time. Um, but he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick after losing to Kelly Clarkson on American Idol. Uh, mm-hmm. Her career skyrocketed while his career took a bicycle in this movie. Uh, but I am pretty sure he is the first of the two to get their own Funko Pop. So there's that. Wow. When this news hit me, like, <laughs> I I went to my knees. I was so just, I thought, who is looking out for me? Who, so somebody loves so me. Yeah. yeah it, it the Lord is gracious. Like there, I have loved Justin Guarini since American Idol, since the first season of American Idol. I una, unashamedly love from Justin to Kelly. It is a train wreck. I used to have in college, I used to have watch parties at oh. my house when the DVD <laughs> came out and I would force my friends to watch the director's commentary with me because it is one of the funniest things <laughs> on this planet they are taking it so seriously and it is so funny um but and then obviously was thrilled to see uh justin gorini cast as little sweet uh is the mascot for die dr pepper my preferred beverage of choice and just, so it couldn't have been more perfect for you uh, what, a, what it was i mean it was just like this is i'm so happy for him <laughs> for me what a joy. And now that he has his own Funko Pop, I just, I, I, I want to buy the biggest one they have. I was going to say, but that it. is my question. Have you received one already? I don't think it's out yet. Oh, okay. No. So okay. as soon as it comes out, I think it, I think the, the press release that I read <laughs> said oh, wow. that it okay. comes, comes out in late February. So I'm putting my pennies aside for that. Okay. I'm happy to have that. Perfect. Um, Back on our Little Women discussion as well this person zay ginger queen perhaps mm-hmm. um tweeted plan b is to drink tea and continue my reading of miracles and other reasonable things by sarah bessie which honestly has so far produced identical emotional results as little women 
this is very accurate. Yeah, I thought when I read this, well, that summarizes what I've not been able to say. Um, yes, thank you for putting that in our in our in a language we we can understand. Z Ginger yes. Queen. Um. So in the wake of the loss of Rachel Held Evans, I feel like Sarah Bessie has really become, honestly, kind of the hero that we we needed we need we didn't know we needed. Um, um, and I couldn't be more thankful for their voices, but. This book alone has probably impacted me to the same level the Shack did back in 2008. Oh my gosh, what a what a good thread to tie between those two books. I It really has. The Shack. I, oh my gosh, me too. Why do you think that this has been so meaningful for a lot of us that kind of grew up in that whole evangelical Southern Baptist, perhaps roots that are, we're all in our thirties and forties now. And why do we need this? Oh my gosh. I think, I think it is so beautiful. First of all, it made me, first of all, I want to say this about this book. It made me physically angry that it was written, that, that, that she had arranged the alphabet in this manner that (laughs) I, I, I don't, I, I, and I say this, with complete sincerity, it is one of the most beautiful books I have ever read. Agreed. It is shocking. It is, it it is, it is unnatural how beautiful it is. Um, and I, I think it is, I think it's really something to watch someone step out of their comfort zone and do something hard, do Mm -hmm. something that, uh, creates tension in uh the fabric of who they are but but to see the the payoff of what that meant for them yeah that the segment of about her in Rome I I keep reading it over and Uh over and over again to the point where I feel like a serial killer because and I would I would I'm not I am not but thank you for clarifying you're welcome (laughs) I just do (laughs) want to clarify that but it is um it is so refreshing when in such a divided time in such a difficult time in like the international zeitgeist to read about someone who took a step in a direction that she thought was, uh, backwards. And Mm -hmm. instead it, uh, it changed her. And I think, I think there's so much missing in uh, the conversation about, uh, learning about other people and how, they're just as sincere as you. They care just as deeply as you do. Um, they're just as fully formed as you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's a very special book. Uh, I, it is, it became an instant classic to me. Same. I, um, you know, aspirations to go to Rome for me are completely over because I feel like if I went now and I didn't have the same Sarah Bessie experience, that it would just be worthless. I would like to propose us going on a Sarah Bessie Rome pilgrimage. Oh, and what if she led the tour? See, I don't see that. I like, yes, I would obviously love that, but I don't even need that. Like just to be in the same (laughs) physical space. Like I don't, I want her to stay home and be healthy too. So I'm like, let's just go and we'll have her like, you know, we'll take the books with us and that'll be our guide. And maybe they'll let us in the Vatican. I don't know. You never know. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, it's, it's just mind blowing. Um, something else that has been quite the treasure to me, uh, in the past year has been the new BT Harmon podcast, Catlick and just BT BT Harmon for years now. Um, we had him on, on new year's Eve and he's just 
he really is the best. Um, so Nate Creative tweeted, completely obsessed with Catlett podcast so far. Great writing, editing, music, storytelling by BT Harmon. If you like true crime stuff, give it a listen. So I know you're super involved in the whole aspect of storytelling with art stories and um, some of the work you've done. Why do you see this show, this podcast, why do you see it being so important and so embraced? I think... So I found uh, BT Harmon, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless, but does um, work for a large Southern Baptist publishing conglomerate, um, did text me and said, I'm reading this blog. You need to read it. And I was like, oh, okay, this I'm interested (laughs) because I don't know about this. Um, But uh, I started reading Blue Baby's Pink, which was his his blog um, about his coming out and I was so I was one of the people who had to wait for new episodes to come out. I had signed okay. on so early and so yeah. or ep- new episodes, new entries. And so yeah. he would post daily and it was so well done. The writing was exquisite. I immediately was like, how do I become best friends with this person? Yes. Um, I, I thought his his eye for design was so different and interesting like the the photos that went along with it I I don't know it was very affecting to me and so um when I saw that he was doing Catholic I said I, I genuinely don't care what this is I'm just here for him so yeah. I became a backer and all the things and um I think he he is so intentional about the way he tells stories I think his um like the superfluous superfluous stuff around his storytelling like his yeah. art and the design is yeah. it feels so intentional and so I really love the way he's telling the story I don't I don't I think it's because I'm just like this is a story we haven't heard I know it's a ride I'm and I'm on I'm mm-hmm. I'm on the ride and I'm here for whatever you want to do with it yeah everything that he's put out is just I have reread Blue Baby's Pink I don't know how many times and I can literally do it in one sitting because I just keep going, keep going. Um, And that's how I feel about Catlick. Like even if I've heard the episodes, I totally don't mind if my app accidentally makes me listen again. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, just let it go. Just let it go. It's BT. I'm fine. Um, But yeah, and I'm so enthralled. I'm such a Googler. Like my husband will turn a movie on and I instantly am like, okay, I've got to Google and see what happens. Just so I know. I don't do that with his podcast because I just, I want him to tell me. It just won't do it justice. I agree. I agree. I think his writing style is great. I think his voice is great. I think I think anything he's doing, we should just jump on the bandwagon of. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next one. Caitlin, how do you say your last name? I think it's Shice. Shice. Okay. That's how I say it in my head because we're okay. pretend friends. She doesn't know we're friends, but okay. I pretend we gotcha. are. So that's how I say it. Um, well, just so you know, I reached out to her to come onto the podcast and I told her in my DM that, um, I was friends with her now because y'all seem to be friends. <laughs> so it's a, it's a facade. She does. I don't know her, but I want to, okay. I really like her. So she tweeted, if you don't call out injustice, if you shy away from saying what the Bible says, if you smile and nod instead of speaking up, you may end up in a place of influence, but you'll need to keep smiling and nodding to keep it. And by the by then, that's all you'll want to keep your power. So, <clears throat> this one kind of got to me, too. It feels like we're just really, we're in a big pickle 
<laughs> right now in this country. That's accurate. That is very accurate. <laughs> and influence is a word that we keep throwing around and everybody is using it. And, you know, there were pictures like the one that came from the White House with all the, the Christian singers and worship leaders with the president. And that felt yucky. And just so much has happened. How can we be better stewards of our spheres of influence? And what kind of leaders are you looking at right now to care to hear their words? Yeah, I think I think it's hard because we want to be led. And there is a desire to be led. And there is a desire also in many people, they have a story to tell and they have something to share. And I think that's very valid. And um, I'm not opposed to that at all. Mm -hmm. I am always amazed by the people who are in positions of power who are not corrupted by it. I yeah. think that they have to be constantly in prayer. Um, and I, I know I, I joke about Beth Moore, but she is one of those for me that I, I go, what, what a testament to the kind of person that she is, that she is, she's not afraid because I think she knows where her job, like who gave her her job. Yeah. Her job is not given to her by man. Her job is not given to her by herself. She was commissioned by Jesus. And yeah. so it's, she's like, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it until he tells me to stop and whatever he, wherever he takes me. Great. If I'm preaching to 10,000 people, great. If I'm preaching to five, awesome. And I think that is, I think we, we can, Oh, how do I want to say this? I think we can get caught up in, um, beautiful Instagram graphics or we can get caught up in, um, you know, really good songs, <laughs> worship songs. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's, I think being close to power is intoxicating yeah. and having power is intoxicating. And I think that's why we are in this problem right now is because there is a aspect of, uh, evangelical, the evangelical world that, wants their agenda to be placed at the top of the heap and to be in power. And I think that when we do that, we are setting ourselves up for failure in a spiritual realm. Yeah. Well, um, on a better note, um, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of every episode, we highlight the work of companies who are doing good in the world. And Amarillo Angels is an organization that's very dear to your heart. And helping kids is something that we're really focused on with this show. So we have a tweet from Amarillo Angels. It says, families don't have to match. Anyone can make a difference in the life of a child. Help us create a pathway of hope for children in foster care. And then you can learn more at AmarilloAngels.org, which we will definitely link in the show notes. But can you give us your backstory and your relationship to Amarillo Angels and how the work they're doing is personally impacting you? Yeah, of course. So um, my mom started Amarillo Angels. It's a uh, an offshoot of Austin Angels, mm -hmm. um, which is a foster care um, support organization that helps foster families and um, kind of comes alongside them to make their lives just a little bit easier as they're doing 
really difficult work with uh, loving on foster children. And so um, Emerald Angels, they do a ton of things, but um, a lot of what they're doing is to directly support those families who have foster children. So they are doing love boxes. So anytime a kid comes to a new home in the foster system, they're usually carrying like some clothes and that, and maybe that's it in a plastic garbage bag. And so these love boxes are, um, you know, giving them dignity, giving them possessions, you know, helping it's providing a like luggage for them. Um, and so, you know, toothbrushes, uh, feminine sanitary items, that type of a thing. So, um, they are doing events that are helping to foster the bond between, um, foster children and their families. Um, you know, school supplies, uh, Christmas gifts, um, you know, fun nights at different organizations. Um, my, we, we had had no connect. My family has had no connection to foster care until yeah. my cousin and his wife uh, decided to start fostering to adopt. And yeah. it really, really lit a fire under my mom who is retired, but you wouldn't know it um, because <laughs> she does this now full time. So, yeah. um, but it has been um, such an amazing thing to see kind of the, a new awareness for yeah. this type of ministry um, in the world. And I think she's done a really great job with it. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I was so jealous that when y'all and Sophie and Melanie were there for the event last year, yes. we had just left Houston. I was like, dang, we're not even in Texas anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it was a fun, it was a fun evening. So yeah. Well, before I let you go, I want you to talk to us about your new book for Lent this year. Um, your pre-launch email. I got it yesterday and forwarded yes. it to pretty much everyone I know. Um, oh, thank you. That's very nice. No, I just feel really strongly about your work and your words, um, your comfortable words series of stuff that came out in the fall or over last mm -hmm. year was super important to me. I oh, thank you. originally reached out to you ever because I was like, I have to tell this person thank you. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. So, thank you. Tell us about the book for Lent and what's your hope with it? Yeah. So um, this year I did a Lent guide last year that was more, hey, I don't know anything about Lent and I want to learn. And so as someone who is a former Southern Baptist and um, been Anglican for 10 years, I'm still learning about um, aspects of liturgical faith. And so that's kind of how I write my um, resources, never from a place of, I have this figured it out and I will now tell you about it. It's, Hey, let's discover this together. And so, um, this year I have just, you know, it's a dumpster. Like we, we talked about it here, but like things are not cool in a general sense. Yeah. And so, um, I found myself really drawn to Ecclesiastes and it is, a tough book and, <laughs> yeah. but it felt like the right choice for Lent, like something to wrestle with. And, um, so I have been in that process. I'm wrapping up production on it within the next, uh, week. And, um, it's been so eye opening to dive into the study, to look at the, why it's even in the Bible. I don't know is, is also an interesting story. And so, um, but Lent is that self-examination, self-reflection time, you know, you're, you're cutting yourself off from things you are, 
Um, you're, it's just kind of this cocoon type environment of a time when maybe you are cutting out distractions or things that give you, um, like physical or emotional comfort so that you can have an experience of leaning on Jesus for those things. And so I love Lent for that reason. And I'll also hate Lent for that reason. Um, I don't, I don't like being denied my things. Um, but it is always such a rich, uh, spiritual time for me. And so I hope that, uh, through the guide, it is also a rich spiritual time for others. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, that's all I have. Can you tell us all the places we can find your voice and how we can support all of your work? Well, that's very nice. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Aaron H moon, and I have a newsletter uh, called the swipe up. And then we do uh, weekly threads called little treasures, uh, as a shout out to little sweet. Um, <laughs> but, um, and that's it. Aaron H moon dot dot com. So you can find me in all those places. Yes, I do have to blame you. I have had that, uh, West Virginia roads, take me home song in my head <laughs> all day because of the inclusion of baby Yoda's mean with that so thank you um, you're so welcome I'm happy to help <laughs> yeah all right thanks for coming on the show today Aaron thanks for having me this was fun you've already gotten to hear a little bit about today's organization that we are highlighting for doing good in the world Aaron's mom helped start Amarillo Angels a group that is dedicated to walking alongside children in the foster care system as well as their caretakers by offering consistent support through intentional giving, relationship building, and mentorship. To learn more about their organization and how you can get involved, please visit AmarilloAngels.org. That about wraps up today's show, y'all. Cheers and go do some good.